0: God. Praise God. We're going to turn our Bibles to the book of Esther. I'm going to take two sections that the Spirit of the Lord has brought before us. We're going to have one um, hand in the book of Esther. And then we're going to have another hand in the book of Samuel. Two, um, chap- two uh, books that God has brought. So we're going to see how God is going to lead us. We'll first go to the book of Samuel and then we will go to the book of Esther. So I'm just going to take you to the book of 1 Samuel. Now there was a certain man of Ramatham Zophim of the mountains of Ephraim and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham the son of Elihu the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph and Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Hosts in Shiloh. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever The time came for Elkanah to make an offering. He would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable, because the Lord had closed her womb. So... It was year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah rose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Drinking in Shiloh. Now, Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. Sorry about that. I just had a text come in the middle. It just threw me off for a second while reading. I'm going to read that verse one more time. Verse nine. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now, Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. We will stop right here, as the Holy Spirit wants me to, and I'm going to focus on a certain scripture that God wants us to, and as the Spirit of the Lord speaks to us today, we need to just lay hold of what God has for us, the principles. When God dispatches a principle to us, these are eternal principles, not just for the month of October. It is for October, but it's beyond October. Whatever God gives to us, we need to hold on to, because every time he's giving us a a principle for us to hold on to, and these principles are life principles, that you can take this principle and apply it regularly for the rest of your life. And so take this very seriously, because this is important. We see a family here, a man here, and this man has Two wives, verse two says, he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. This is the distinction here, where this woman, Penina, had children. That means she had more than one. She had many children. And you had one who had children, and the other one, Hannah, who had no children. I want to make a statement here. The names of two women that are mentioned here. One had children and one did not. That means one had more and the other one had nothing. This is the distinction here. Two women's names are mentioned here. One was given something, one was not given something. One had and the other one did not have. From the outside, one looked full and the other looked empty. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Man looks from the outside, but God looks deep within. One looked like she was blessed of the Lord and the other looked like she was cursed of the Lord. God looks on the inside. Man looks on the outside. So never try to fit in. God is speaking to our hearts today. Never try to fit in. Never try to make yourself into something that you are not because you think someone has something. Why? Because it's not gonna last for too long. The house that is built on a sand, it just, the house that is built on the sand, it just comes up so fast. And you see the construction that is gonna last longer. Let me just put it this way. What you can just see it. You know, you see the construction that we see now, what just comes with sticks. You see like a lot of sticks coming i was i was amazed when i first came here and saw building construction because in india it's all brick building right so i thought like wow these look like matchsticks. sticks how are they building a house like this you have all sticks going you have the foundation that's concrete but everything beyond that is not stones Well, come we'll be just amazed One week you'll have this and next week you'll have some more and the next week you'll have some more. It's very different than how you have a brick building. It takes longer. It takes more work. It takes longer. And on a brick building, you know that if you bang your head, you will really get hurt as opposed to sheetrock here. It make a big noise, but you won't have the kind of effects. That comes from a concrete wall. This, if fire comes, it'll just burn down like this. Which one? Our mastic homes. It looks beautiful. It can look big. It can look fancy looking and all those things. But a solid brick building is very different than what we have now. And we're able to have the comfort and all the looks and everything for what we can pay. But when you look at the solid construction, it really takes longer and it's more expensive too. When you think about the outsides that you see, the one that tries to build it so fast and he says, hey, I got it, it's there. And the other one is like sweating and sweating and sweating and it's taking longer and this one is just coming up. You know, cotton candy? It looks like nice and huge and pink looking and, you know, whatever. You know, you have a lot more colors. It looks big and you have a nice big stick also with it. Eat that and see how satisfied you will feel. As opposed to eating something that's really solid that can fill your stomach. Outside, something can look as if it's big. Outside it can look like, it's just so fast they did it, the cotton candy. just came up so fast. Meanwhile, oh, mom's she cooks and cooks and cooks and cooks and cooks, and it takes longer. And this cat, cotton candy guy, he just does it like this and gives it. You just have to go stand in front of him. That's it. So your mom doesn't know how to cook like this cotton candy guy, and, and the cotton candy guy does a better job than he does it so fast. Mom, you don't know how to cook like the cotton candy. I'm, like, so hungry, and I'm standing, and... Now, once you put in the pot, it has to cook and we have to wait. There is this process that God has. When you look on the outside and you see what you see, as the psalmist says, he says, I see the wicked prospering and I see God's people suffering. I see the wicked prospering and I see God's people suffering. And then he says, and I saw, I went to the house of the Lord. Then I saw the end and then I saw there's this time. There's this time. Just like how we have this law of sowing and reaping, there is this time. Based on what you put in, your output is going to be. What you put in, your result is going to be. So you see these two women here, you have Penina and you have Hannah, two women. One looks like it has everything, she has everything. And the other one looks like she doesn't have anything. One looks like she's all blessed to the Lord. Because that's what the Bible says. That's what God says. If you are following the commandments of God, the fruit of the womb is blessed. And she had children after children after children. And then the other one looks like cursed. No matter how hard you try, you get nothing. But you have a man that loves you. No children. He can't give children. Children come from God. And if God closes the womb, if God closes that door... Who can open it? No one. No man, no doctor. No one can open it. God closed Hannah's womb. We have heard a message on this before. I encourage you to hear this message. How God closed Hannah's womb. Guess what it means? She had infertility. Now, if someone says that God doesn't give anything and it doesn't come from God. Well, this is not the only place. I will show you many places. In order for something good to happen, there are times when God will cause us to walk through tears. God will cause us to walk through fire. God will cause us to go through something. that will be hard for us to bear. But you know what? You call those good burden. Good burdens. Good burdens. those a good Burdens, worth carrying them. So on the outside, the banana looks like she has everything. And Hannah looks like she's nothing. Don't go by what you can see on the outside. Don't go by what you see on the outside. What does banana's fruit show? I mean, it looks like she's blessed of the Lord, but her behavior, what does it show? Is God going to encourage and bless someone? who is evil and spiteful. She tries to deliberately vex a poor woman who is already vexed. She's not able to have children. What is that? What is that? It goes with the scripture where it says, God gives the sun and the rain for the just and for the unjust. You call that common grace. And also, Elkanah was a good man. You see, Elkanah had Hannah. Hannah couldn't have children. And Elkanah married Penina and had children. And especially back in those days, you must have children for your line to go, continue. So in order for your line to continue, if the wife is not able to bear children, they'll have another wife so that she can bear children for the man so that his name can continue. That's how it was. Hannah couldn't conceive when Elkanah married Penina and she had children and Penina started vexing Hannah. Now there's some important principle that the spirit of God wants to invest into your spirit so that your spirit man can grow. Hannah was a woman of faith. Hannah was a woman of God. Penina was not a woman of faith. Penina was not a woman of God. Yet she looked like she had everything. Again, I want to bring the scripture from Psalms where David says, I see the wicked prospering. I see the wicked prospering. I see the wicked prospering. Does the prosperity come from God? Is the question. Once again, It's the common grace that comes. Doesn't mean that God is not watching. Doesn't mean that God is not going to punish. Doesn't mean that God is not going to take notice. Or he's not taking notice. There are certain things that will be allowed by God. Or given by God as a test even for Penina. To see how you are. To Hannah. God is speaking at this hour. God will sometimes give something into some person's hand. As a test. As a judgment against them. Because they're so evil. And now Penayana is there. Hannah is there. God has given Pinaina these children. It's a test for Penina. Are you going to handle what you have? It can become the blessing of God can turn into the judgment of God when it's misused. Now she has these children and she's using them to torment who? Hannah, who's righteous, who's a woman of God, who's already going through suffering. God was watching all of that. Now, the focus here is Hannah. The promise for this month is resting on Hannah. Hannah's life. God is going to draw it out of that so that you can take it and you can make it your own in this month of October. Now, you have this opposition coming, heavy force coming, like this tsunami coming upon Hannah. Hannah. It's a burden as if you can't bear coming from Penina towards Hannah. It's like an overwhelming drowning effect that can have on Hannah. Guess what? It did not break her down to the point that she was destroyed. It built her up. It built her up. Any trial allowed by God will build you up. Now, Go and listen to the message that God gave before, how God slammed shut the door to Hannah's womb. Out of his love for her, he slammed shut the door to Hannah's womb. He let her go through a dark period of infertility. Infertility came from God to Hannah. where she had to go through the dark period of loneliness, married yet feeling alone. A man who loved her, yet he was not able to give her the most important thing that she needed, which was a child, to stop the torment. And also, for, as a woman, for her to have a child. She was a woman of God. A woman who had faith in God. A woman who prayed day and night, day and night, day and night. Again, listen to that message. It will really bless you. And it will make this message come even more alive. Now, we're going to bypass that because God has spoken to us already about that and that's for you to listen again. We're going to move a little further. Now, Penana is tormenting Hannah. I didn't listen to that message, but the Holy Spirit brought it to me, so that's why I'm telling you. I didn't come here speaking because I listened to the message and this is a follow-up message that I thought to give No, The Spirit of God brought this message as I prayed a few minutes ago. So really take it seriously and just follow what the Spirit of God is saying, so that you can be blessed by it. So Penina is tormenting Hannah. Hannah is being tormented by Penina. It's not like Penina is ha- tormenting Hannah, and it didn't do a single thing to Hannah. And Hannah is just saying, "Praise you, Lord! Praise you, Lord! Praise you, Lord!" for all the suffering that you know is coming from Penina. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. No, it's vexing her soul still. It's not stopping her from seeking God. That's the beauty of it. The pain is real. The torment is real. The agony is real. That's what suffering is. Suffering is not living in some la-la land. Saying, "Hey, I'm covered. Nothing touches me. I don't get fever, and I don't get sore throat. And you know, I'm covered. And you know what? My house is covered. And and we're all fine. And and we don't feel any lack anywhere. And we don't see anything go wrong. And because we're blessed of the Lord. Well, I wouldn't believe if someone says that. If you're really walking right with God, a thousand will fall at your side." If you're really walking with God at 10,000 will fall at your right hand side the key is it is not going to put a dent upon your soul it will not it's only going to toughen you it's only going to make you stronger because you know what the pain will turn you straight towards God the suffering will turn you all the more closer towards God when when you have the character inside if you are wood you know what will happen when the fire comes it'll just burn you down but if you are gold When the fire comes, it'll purify you. And so when the faith is there, when the genuine faith is there, when the fire of God comes, what happens? When the fire of God comes, it will purify you, strengthen you. And when the Lord allows the fire of affliction to come, see the fire of God is different from the fire of affliction. The fire of God is not giving you the fire of affliction. No, the fire of God will surround you, will protect you. When you run into the fire of God. It'll burn down your enemies. It'll protect you. But the fire of affliction, when it comes, and it's allowed by God, it's meant to test your faith. I've given this word also in one of the morning calls, I believe. How trials are meant to test your faith and how the testing of your faith is very important. Without our faith being put to test, we're not going to get strong in faith. We're not going to grow in faith. And we're not going to build endurance or perseverance. You can listen to that message also. This will go right along with this. God is speaking to a harsh today. Whatever Penina did caused pain to Hannah. Whatever God did to shut that womb caused pain to Hannah. So you have pain from the body and then you have pain from The arrival. You have affliction on every side. You know what it did to her? Because she was gold on the inside. She was a woman of God. It caused her to look up. Not look this side and not look this side, but look up. She was not looking within. She was not looking at her body and her womb and saying, Oh, I wish I never had this. I wish that it was not me. Why should it have to be me? She didn't wallow in self-pity. But she turned to God. The more she was afflicted, the more she drew closer to God. You know why? Because she had faith. This is the key for this month of October. You have to understand the importance of faith. How, faith. how strong was Hannah's faith? Hannah was not weak in faith. Hannah was very strong in faith. God will take us to the book of Esther because the Lord had me bring it up. So we will see it today or tomorrow, however the Lord leads. But, I want to go into what the Spirit of God wants me to go into at this moment. We don't know what will happen next. We'll just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Penina is putting pressure on Hannah. Hannah's body is not cooperating. Something is wrong with the uterus that she cannot conceive. It looks as if she's going to die without a child. Guess who gave up on her? Her husband, her husband who loved her so much, said, Hannah, I know you can't have children. I know it's never going to happen. So I'm going to marry Penina so that I can have children, so that my name can continue. Hannah's husband didn't have the faith that Hannah had. Hannah's husband married Penina and Penina had more children. Hannah did not have children. Hannah's husband didn't have faith. When Hannah is being tormented, he comes and he says, Hannah, am I not better to you than ten sons? Take comfort in that, Hannah. I'll give you double portion for you. You don't see a single scripture where it says that Hannah's husband, Elkanah, went to the Lord and he entreated on behalf of his wife. You don't see that. You don't see alkana standing with Hannah. Hannah was alone in this battle. Think about that. If you're going through a path like that, and you feel all alone, God is speaking to your heart at this hour. God understands you. God understands you. God of Hannah is your God. God of Hannah is my God. When you walk Through a fiery path. When you walk through the path of loneliness. When you walk through the path that you feel like nobody's understanding. Guess what? God understands you. Even the thought that nobody understands me. Oh, poor me. is not good. Don't you give room for that. Because that is from the pit of hell. It's called self-pity. Hannah is going through this. It's grieving her heart. You know where she's running to every time? She's running to the presence of God. Her husband says, oh, Hannah, you're not going to have any more children. It's something that we know it's a fact. You can't have children, Hannah. Something is wrong with you. We understand. I'm not blaming you for that. But you know what? I'm better than 10 sons. I, I kinda didn't say, let's go and ask God. And well, you know what, Hannah? Uh, God did this for Abraham. And God did this for Sarah. And God can do this for you. She didn't have a husband who will build her up in her faith is where hannah stands out a strong woman of character penina couldn't break her faith penina couldn't break her faith even her husband's unbelief couldn't shatter her faith a mighty woman of god truly a woman who took everything to god and pray alone she said i'll go alone If I have to go alone, I'll go alone. If my husband doesn't go with me, I'll go alone. How many of you can do that? You know, there are a lot of people who say, oh, I don't have support. I don't have anybody's, you know, support. I'm all alone. Don't whine and don't complain. There are many, many strong women of God, many strong men of God who stood alone. And guess what? God stood with them. If you know to go to God in your time of loneliness, if you know how to talk to God, if you know how to stand with God, if you know how to have God stand by your side, let me tell you, you are the most successful on this side of eternity. And you know what? You'll be esteemed in the sight of God. Here, Penina may be putting you down, but God will be esteeming you. You know, God says, I have a plan. You're not going to be any ordinary mother, Hannah, a woman of faith. You're going to be a mother to the prophet of Israel. The prophet who would anoint the first king of Israel. The prophet of God, whose words never fell to the ground. God stood with it. His words were so one with God. What he spoke was only God's word. God let none of his words fall to the ground because they were his. Think about it. Whose son was he? Hannah's son. Hannah's son. And how did Samuel come? How was Samuel brought into this world? Through the agonizing path of Hannah. How did this world receive Samuel the prophet? We have many people having Samuel's name. But how did that name even come into existence? Through the agonizing path of this one woman of God. Who said, I will not let down my sword. I will not put down my shield. I will not give up my faith. I will not take no as an answer i will go to god again and again and again and again even if it takes many years i am a fighter because i know he lives i know he has the power to open the womb what my husband cannot do what doctors cannot do i know my god has the power to change everything you know someone can say nice comforting words and you know what? They're words of unbelief. Don't worry. Even if it doesn't happen, don't worry. God will still help you. Even if your family don't come to the Lord, don't worry. Maybe after you die, maybe they can get saved. You know, have you hear talks like these. From the pit of hell. Akana is coming and telling Hannah. Hannah, I'm better than 10 sons to you. Sounds very loving, isn't it?
1: But it's just putting a
0: period right there saying that you're not going to conceive, You're not going to have a child. I give you a double portion. You know, unbelief. He's saying that you're not going to have a child. Every time he gives double portion and every time he says that I'm better to you than 10 sons. He's saying that you're not going to have any son. You think I, I did it on purpose. No, he loved her, but he was a man of unbelief. Don't try to say that nobody's faith is joining with me and so my faith this week. Don't you talk, all those talk, There's a devil talk. Your faith, if it's joined with the faith of God, can move mountains, can move mountains. One person is enough to shake the world. You know what Jesus did as one man? Mighty things. You know how big things one person, Daniel, did? Mighty things. One person is enough to turn the world upside down. One person is enough to shake the foundations of the world. One person. That one person, prophet of God, when Elijah came, Ahab will tremble. He'll say, oh, the troubler of Israel is there. King's beard. Elijah. Why? Because God was in him and with him. One person can do mighty things. Don't try to say, well, I need support. I need partner. And I've heard people like this who say that. Well, I don't have any fellowship and nobody calls me. I don't talk to anybody and I feel miserable. Oh, yeah. So your faith is resting on people, not on God. Your character won't be formed. If your integer calling around, let me call around, call around, call around, call around, call around. And then talk, 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 talk. talk. Your character won't be formed. There were many years, many years, not many weeks or many months, many years I was shut in. God was with me. We need to be people who have to come out of our own self. While we need to feel where we shouldn't have the need to feel that I need everyone, I need everybody's support, I need it, I need to talk to somebody Otherwise, was, oh, my head is going to, something is wrong at that point. We have been created by God as social beings at the same time. We have been created by God to fellowship with God. When we fellowship with God, there will be a time where God will say, just look to me. Just look to me. God will lead us. God has been faithful to us. To feel like I can't be in the house, I can't focus on God, I can't Look to Him only is not a good thing. It's not a good thing. We need to be people who look to God follow Him and have our faith upon Him. Not to go to 10 different people. I'm not telling you don't talk to people. That's not what I'm telling you. Don't try to draw your strength from people and don't try to deflect the problems that are coming. Deflect yourself from the problems. Don't try to run from the problems by running to others. That's what I'm trying to say here. Don't try to run away from the problems by running to human beings. So that your faith can come out like gold. That you can move from where you are to where God wants you to be. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Self-control is a virtue. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. To not touch that phone, wanting attention to not call 10 people, to stay where you are and to look to God. God was there. The trials that God takes us through is for us to Depend on God and see his glory in the path that we're going through. It's not easy. Anything that is good doesn't come easy. Understand that. We may want this. I want this. You know, a lot of times my mom says this. You know, sometimes people say, I want to, you know, have what Pastor Kirba has. And I want to be this. And, you know, she said, they need to know if they're asking for it. They'll also have what you have. It's a big thing. We need to have character for that. It's the truth. No pain, no gain. Simple saying, but it's very true. Anything that is costly will cost us. Anything that is worth everything will cost our everything. It cost Hannah everything for her to go through what she went through. Everything was gone. Everything was gone. But you know what? Her faith was there. Her faith was there. It looked like she had nothing, but she had the most precious thing. It looked like she had nothing. It looked like she was cursed. Testimony. But how will you have a testimony until you go to the place where you have no food? How will you have a testimony until you go to the desert where you have no water? How will you have a testimony until you stand in front of the Red Sea? How will you? How will you? We all want anointing. We want power. We don't want persecution. We don't want suffering. We don't want trial. A little bit will say, oh, God, I can't take it. I can't take it. But Hannah was not like that. Hannah was someone every time she ran to God. And she drew her strength from God. It did not diminish her prayer life. It did not bring down her faith. On the contrary, she was getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Her faith was in God. Her faith did not go down, but it was stronger to the point that she actually said, Oh, I'm going to make a deal with you. She never said that. Where is God? I can't hear God. I can see God. I prayed all this time and there is no God as a, as a, Hebrew woman, I'm not going to believe that there's this God because he said this and I kept all the commandments and I don't have a child and I have lost faith in God. She was not like that. Even though she was not having what God promised in his word. Even though she didn't see it in front of her. Even though all hell broke loose and came against her. Similar to Job in a different way. Everyone's path is different. Job's path was different. Hannah's path was different, but cruel and it's tough. It was not meant to cut her down. It was meant to raise her up. That sword was meant to raise her up. That sword was meant to raise Job up. It brought her all the more close to God. She did not lose faith. She was not weak in faith. Hannah's faith became stronger and stronger. The more it appeared as if God didn't hear her, the more she went and she talked to God. You know, Hannah didn't see anything like how the children of Israel saw She was not someone who just ate manna from heaven and, and you know, saw the pillar of cloud or pillar, of, no. But see how strong her faith was. What she heard about the living God, she said, I'm going to hold tight to that. I'm not going to let it go. What she heard about the living God, she said, I'm going to hold on to that. I believe that and I will continue to believe that. Even if it looks like I'm not hearing from God, even if it looks like I'm not seeing anything. I'm still going to go to this God. Even if my husband says, he is enough for me, you're not going to have children. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to God. I'm going to go to God. I'm going to go to this God, the maker of heaven and earth. I'm going to go to this God, the maker of heaven and earth. And I know this God has the power to open my womb. I know I have this power, the power of God can do the impossible. I know the power of God can change my circumstances. The whole thing was not like, well, I'm not going to have a child, but I'm just going to go say, Lord, do something to this Penina. Lord, I don't have a child. I understand that I'm not going to have a child, but can you just get rid of this Penina for my husband? You know how many, how many people would have prayed like that? That her focus was not Penina. Her focus was, I need to have this child. She's a woman of faith. It's easier to pray for God, to God. For something that can happen. Such as penaina being pushed away. And then go and tell all kinds of bad things about penaina to her husband. And say, she's really bothering me. Get her out. She didn't do any of those things. She went to the God of the Hebrews. The God of Abraham and Sarah. She went to that God and said, you're my God too. I'm your daughter too. You can do this for me too. And so I come to you. And she went to that God. Of Israel. This is what she did. Instead of. Complaining about Penina. Instead of just saying that. Get rid of Penina. She said this is the problem Lord. This is what the rival is doing. But I know you can give me a child. I'm not just telling you just shut her down. Because I need a baby. And she said. I know you can do it. So. Lord. Lord. When you do it, this is what I want to do. And she made a vow to God. How can you make a vow to God unless you really believe that He's hearing you? After all these years, praying and praying and praying and praying and praying, nothing happened. Nothing happened. Except problem kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know how many people say that? Well, every time I pray, the problem gets bigger, so I'm not going to pray. Every time I pray, you know, things get worse and worse and worse. So I'm just going to just give that up. You know, easy way people say that. Well, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. God is over everything. Even if he doesn't do it, it's okay. I will still believe in God. I mean, we're all going to die anyway. Maybe it was in his will for not, me not to have a child, so I accept his will. You know, there's all very convenient ways of expressing unbelief in the one who can change everything. God is speaking to our hearts today. In this month of October. Are you going to resolve in your heart to be like Hannah? Don't look for, for support from your husband, support from your wife, and support from friends, and support from the church, and support from here, support from here. And, oh poor me, I'm all alone, I need support, and I need support, and I need support. I will lift up mine eyes to the hills. That's where you look. That's where she looked. She didn't look at her body. Very similar to Abraham, right? She did not consider her womb dead. If she would have, she wouldn't have asked God. She did not look at her circumstance. She did not close the possibility that God can give her a child. She did not close the door that God said he was going to open. She didn't hear from God. But she knew that he can. God had already said, I'm going to open this door. What was said in the heavenly realm didn't come to the earthly realm until Eli, the priest, the servant of God, came and spoke it out. That's when it actually landed upon Hannah's body. That's when it actually materialized. The plan that God had concerning Hannah and concerning Samuel and all those things. When did it materialize? In the fullness of time. When the servant of God came and he spoke the prophetic word over Hannah. Then something happened in her womb. When? Not when just Eli spoke. What Eli spoke just came here. But Hannah's faith made contact with it. And what happened? All of a sudden, the womb that was locked, God opened it. Eli spoke and he opened that. Hannah's faith mixed with it, and because of that, it opened. If Hannah would have spoken words of unbelief to what Eli Eli spoke at that moment, then Hannah would have remained infertile for the rest of her life. But when the man of God spoke, because she was already praying with faith and expectation, and the anointing of God came through the man of God to open her womb, her faith just grabbed that anointing of God, made contact, just like the woman with a issue of blood. The anointing of God was flowing from Jesus' body through his garment. And this woman went and she said, if I would only touch the hem of his garment, even though doctors gave up hope, even though there's no way that she can get healed. If I can only touch the hem of the garment of Jesus, I shall be made whole. She already decided, she already said it, and she already thought about it, and she Already visualized it. When I go and touch it, I will be made whole. When I come home, I won't have this disease. We call it faith. And Hannah was a woman of God who had such faith. She said, I'm going to go and I'm going to make this vow and God will give it to me. And she went and she did it. She was not someone who made a hasty vow. You know, there are some people who think that they can manipulate God. I will say this, but God already knows that you're going to break it. You're not going to keep it. But still, sometimes he might do it and it'll be a test for you. Be very careful. Whatever you've said from your mouth, whatever you've uttered in the presence of God, be very careful to keep it. Vows are very important. If you think that you said something and you think, well, I ask forgiveness from God, I don't have to do it. You are sorely wrong. The Bible says, don't be a fool. What you've uttered in the presence of God, make sure you keep it. Because God is there watching. He's big. He's God Almighty. If you commit something to God, make sure you keep it. Make sure you keep it. Now, I'm going to stop right here as the Holy Spirit wants me. I'm just going to go go to the book of Esther right now. We're going to switch there. And... We shall read... I'm just going to give you the chapter. Just give me a second. We're going to read from chapter seven. Esther, chapter seven. I'm going to read from chapter seven. We're going to see how God is going to lead us here. Before that, I'm going to go a few verses from chapter 6, as the Holy Spirit wants me to suggest. Go back a little bit. Let's just go to 6, chapter 6. And I'm going to read... From verse 1 on verse. Esther chapter 6. From verse 1 on verse. I'm just going to go through. And then go to 7. We're going to see just a few verses here. And then we'll see how the Lord will lead us. When we come. either Tomorrow or Monday. I don't know. Whenever God speaks to us from this. We'll pick up from there. Esther chapter 6. Verse 1 on verse. That night the king could not sleep. So... One was commanded to bring the book of the records of the chronicles and they were read before the king. You call this the act of God, the move of God. When God's time comes, suddenly the tide will change. Suddenly things will change. So it's very important for us to wait for the timing of God. And it was found written that Mordecai had told Biktana and Thresh two of the king's eunuchs, the doorkeepers who had sought to lay... Huh? Sorry. Okay, Praise God. I was about to sneeze and it stopped. Sorry about that. And it was found written that Mordecai had told Big Thana and Teresh, two of the king's eunuchs, the doorkeepers who had sought to lay hands on King ahasuerus then the king said what honor or dignity had been bestowed on mordecai for this so something that happened before something that happened before that was left unnoticed he was not rewarded for what good he did during that time it looked as if that blessing was blocked what was due to mordecai was blocked you know whose hand was in even blocking that God's hand. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. There are certain blessings that may look like God is blocking, like just how God closed his hand his womb. It looked like Mordecai's blessings was blocked. Mordecai's blessings were blocked. But what happened at that point? Heaven is actually blocking that. Because he says, if this is done at a better time, it'll be good. When we are in the presence of God, When we are in the will of God, when we are following God, certain things God will say, okay, I'm blocking this. And those blocked things may look like, oh, this should have happened, but this didn't happen. God says, I'm keeping it for a better time. He's reserving that for a better time. It's like the dessert. You know, you keep the dessert, you know, for last. God says certain things I'm keeping it for a better time and so when you see certain missed privileges you feel that you should have gotten but you didn't get it god says i want to give it to you at the right time there's a prophecy god is speaking to our hearts at this hour what should come to you if it's not coming and god has already spoken about it and he's promised about it it is for a good time god has it it's not that it's not coming it is coming it's coming God is working in you too in the process for something far greater that God wants to accomplish. So the time came and God is moving all these things. He's moving the king and he's moving the king's men. It's all the work of God. When God wants to do something, no one can stop it. No one, including Haman. No one can stop it. Then the king said, what honor or dignity has been bestowed on Mordecai for this? Even this question that came from the king is all prompted by God Almighty. It's a move of God. When God begins to move, no one can stop. When God says, this is my time to bless, because God found Mordecai faithful, be faithful. Even when you see that certain blessings need to come to me and it's not coming, it's blocked. Don't give up, be faithful. Don't keep your eyes on the blessings. Blessings will be here today. And like the Bible says, riches will have take wings and they'll just fly away. Don't focus on material wealth. Don't focus on whatever that you feel that needs to come. And don't place your worth on what you have or what you don't have. That would be a big mistake. Don't try to conform yourself to what you see and who you see. You'll lose your identity. You have to keep your eyes on God Almighty. Don't give into the pressures of this world. Don't try to fit into the mold of this world. You'll miss God's mold that he has for you. These are words that God is giving at this time. Be who God has created you to be. And God will use you in unique ways. Now, the king is saying, there's honor or dignity has been bestowed on this Mordecai. Did anyone do anything about it? What has been done? And the king's servants who attended him said, nothing has been done for him. How come? You know why? Because God blocked it. God said, for a better time. So if someone looks like they forgot something to do for you and, and you send something, it didn't happen. There are times you pray for it. And there are times God will say, I just leave it. I just sit for some time. And God will bring it at a better time. He'll say, but oh, now, now is the time. God is speaking to the hearts of the sower. But God has put a hold on. When God releases the hold, it'll be a glorious thing. Don't push for something that you shouldn't. And if it is God who says that it's blocked by Satan, then pray until you get it. So the king said, who is in this court? Now Haman had just entered the outer courts of the king's palace to suggest that the king hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. So what's happening to Haman? The king is actually working to elevate Mordecai. Haman is working to hang the one that God wants to elevate. I want to emphasize the one that God wants to elevate. The one that God wants to elevate, Satan is very busy. He says, I'm going to kill him. And while the gallows have been prepared by Haman, how wicked he should have been, you think that when he is preparing the gallows for a man of God. He is planning Mordecai's death. Haman. He is planning the death of the Jews, the people of God. He planned everything. After he planned. He came, very happy. I planned everything, and now I'm going to the king's court. I'm going to execute my desires on the righteous. Is it possible? Is it possible? Was Jezebel able to kill Elijah? Was Haman able to kill Mordecai? Was Saul able to kill David? Think about that. Was Potiphar able to destroy Joseph? Think about that. Was Abimelech able to take away Abraham's wife? Think about that. Was the shipwreck able to destroy Apostle Paul? Think about that. No weapon that is formed against God's people shall prosper. Oh, they shall be formed. But it cannot prosper. It cannot. Cannot prosper. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Haman did everything. See, God watched all these things and God said, hmm, you are preparing the gallows? Go ahead. God gave all the free access. He's not telling Haman to go do this. But while Haman is doing, God is not doing anything about it. And Mordecai is somebody who is beloved of God, but God is just letting everything happen. He's just watching, okay, how many feet and what are you doing? Keep doing, keep doing. Those of you who heard the morning call, you'll know what God spoke. God says, keep doing, keep doing, keep doing. Let's see how long you go. Keep going. Our God is a big God. You don't have to fear any man. Whatever man tries to do to God's people, God is just watching. He says, all right. And he laughs. The Holy One sits in the heavens. And from there, he laughs really keep doing you know what God says hey you think Mordecai is an orphan I am his father God says you try to mess with my kid I'll mess with you that's what God says God will mess with all those who will try to mess with his kids they can't ultimately mess with him they try to mess with his kids and God says I'll mess with you that won't be good so the king said to his servants king's servants said to him haman is there standing in the court i want to read verse four again as the spirit of the lord wants me to just go back there so the king said who is in the court now haman had just entered the outer court of the king's place to suggest that the king hang mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him so he's coming there and he's all satisfied that everything is set All he needs is one permission from the king. And look at the timing. This is what I was talking about a few minutes ago through the spirit of God. When God reserved Mordecai's blessing for a later period of time. God did it very precisely. He knew what Haman was going to do. He said, I want to vex Haman. He said, you're trying to do this for my son? Let me see how to really make you miserable before I finish you off. This is our God is. When he says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. He wasn't kidding. He does it in a big way. So he held back, withheld Mordecai's blessing from him for a short time. Mordecai didn't die because of that. When God withholds some blessing that needs to come to you because he wants to give it to you at a better time, you're not going to die without it. Hannah didn't die without it. Yes, Mordecai had to go through an agonizing period because this guy was going to kill him and kill the Jews. God was seeing all of that, but strategically he planned Mordecai's exaltation in a way that will vex Haman. Every blessing that God Withhold from his people is for something far greater. It's all planned and calculated by God. Our steps have been measured. Our path has been marked out by God Almighty. It's so important for us to trust God. It's so important for us to trust him in all things, in all things and lean not onto your own understanding. I'm going to wrap it up here as soon as the Holy Spirit wants me to, but we'll just read a little bit until God says, stop here. So the king's servant said to him, Haman is there standing in the court. And the king said, let him come in. So Haman came in and the king asked him, what shall be done for the man whom the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, whom would the king delight to honor more than me? And Haman answered the king, for the man whom the king delights to honor, let a royal robe be brought, which the king has worn and a horse on which the king has ridden, which has a royal crest placed on his head. And he's saying this, verse 9, Then let his robe and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble prince, princes, that he may array the man whom the king delights to honor. Then parade him on horseback through the city square and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom... The king delights to honor. Then the king said to Haman, hurry, take the robe and the horse as you have suggested and do so for Mordecai the Jew who sits within the king's gate. Leave nothing undone of all that you have spoken. So Haman took the robe and the horse, arrayed Mordecai and led him on the horseback Through the city square and proclaimed before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Afterward, Mordecai went back to the gates, to the king's gate, but Haman hurried to his house, mourning and with his head covered. When Haman told his wife Zverish and all his friends everything that had happened to him, his wise men and his wife Zeresh said to him, if Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of Jewish descent, you will not prevail against him, but will surely fall before him. While they were still talking with him, the king's eunuchs came and hastened to bring Haman to the banquet which Esther had prepared. Praise be to God. It's a very sobering section. God, our God calculates everything. So as human beings, we don't see everything. As human beings, we may not understand everything. If we don't, that's the truth. We can't see the end from the beginning. That's the truth. If anyone thinks that they know everything, they're fooling themselves. We're just human beings. We really can't see the next step. That's the truth. Unless God reveals to us, we don't know. And there are times God will reveal. Other than that, we don't know. In our humanness, we don't know our next step. In our humanness, we won't know what is going on. We can't understand. As human beings, we can't. But when the Spirit of God is there, it makes a whole lot of sense, and there's a big difference to it. And we're able to just go through whatever we're going through because of the word that God has spoken to us during each and every season. In Mordecai's case, God reserved the promotion that he had for him, the elevation that he had for him, so that he can vex Haman, so that he can give joy to Mordecai. You know how it would have been for Mordecai? To have his enemy walk and have Mordecai ride on that horse. To have his enemy clothe him with whatever the king had. And now his enemy has to take him and say, hey, this is what will happen to whoever the king honors. Think about that. If he would have just given him some reward earlier, it would have not come close to the reward that God gave in front of everyone through the hand of his enemy. This is a prophecy God is giving at this hour. In the presence of your enemies God will exalt you. God has said this already for this year. In the presence of your enemies God will exalt you. And you'll use the very tool of the enemy to bless you. God will use the very tool of the enemy to bless you. God will use the very tool of the enemy to bless you. That means the enemy will be vexed, seeing the righteous prosper. And God will use the tool of the enemy in your hand. And gladden your heart. God will do this. God will do this. So as we enter into chapter 7. Verse 1. We're going to wrap it up right here. In a couple of verses. I really urge you. To take this word of God very seriously. The stone which the builders rejected. Became the chief cornerstone. It was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. That which was despised in the eyes of the enemy was esteemed in the sight of God. And he said, Haman, you are going to be put to shame. And by your hands, I'll bring exaltation to my servant. And God did that for Mordecai. The exaltation didn't come in an ordinary way. It came in an extraordinary way. It's a prophecy God is speaking in this hour. The exaltation that will come for those who wait on him, the exaltation that will come for those who trust in him, will not be in an ordinary way. It will come in an extraordinary way. Extraordinary way. As it came for Hannah, as it came for Mordecai, it will come in an extraordinary way. Verse 1 of chapter seven. So the king and Haman went to dine with Queen Esther. And on the second day at the banquet of wine, the king again said to Esther, what is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted to you. And what is your request? Up to half the kingdom, it shall be done. I want to stop right here as the Holy Spirit wants me to. When you please God, God will grant to you the desires of your heart when you please him. When you please him. So make it your main business to please him. Hannah made it her main business to please him. Esther made it her main business to please him. She pleased God and because of that she found favor in the sight of God and man. Because the favor that came from man came from God Almighty. The favor of the Lord surrounds all those who fear him. Those whose heart is loyal towards God. Those who say, all I want to do is to please God. Guess what God will do. He will not only exalt you in an extraordinary way. He will not only and make a table, set his table, grand table, royal table, king himself, the king of kings, and the Lord of Lords will prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Imagine how what a grand table would be, just like how he did for Mordecai. So grand in front of his enemy, where his enemy had to do it for him. Grand exaltation, extraordinary exaltation that came. It's the prophecy. And to those who please God Almighty. God says. His favor will go. Wherever you go. They'll ask you. How can I help you? Not in an ordinary way. Not say how can I help you. Well like they say to everyone. No, no. This is up to half of my kingdom. Up to half of my kingdom. And as God spoke to us from Psalm 2 today. Ask of me. I'll give you. Nations as an inheritance. To whom does the scripture belong to? To those who please them in all things. As to please God. Because of that, she was able to please the king. She was not pleasing the king in a, in a seductive, immoral way. You know, a lot of people think that I have power and I will misuse it. No, she was a righteous woman of God. Her attraction came from the power of God. When she went and just stood before the king, the king showed a scepter and he said, I'll give to you up to half of my kingdom. That's where the power of God is manifested. It's not in any worldly, manipulative, twisted way. But it happened God's way. She went fasting and she went praying and she went before God first. And God led her to go before man next. And when she went and stood before man, the favor of God just fell upon her in front of the king. The king didn't know what he was saying. He said that, I'll get you up to half of my kingdom. What do you want? That has nothing to do with how she came and stood physically. Even though she was a beautiful woman of God. Colonel means didn't draw the king to give her what she wanted. A lot of times people try to say, I will say this, I will do this, I'll manipulate. And those are all satanic ways. When you stand before God, God will stand with you. When you come from the presence of God, you will bring God with you. That's how Esther went and stood before the king. When she stood before the king, she was representing God. She was representing her people. She was a woman of God. Standing with the power of God there. And the power drew the king. To say. What do you want Esther? I'll give to you. Up to half of my kingdom. Those who stand in the presence of God. Those who have power with God. Will have power with man. Wherever they go. God will cause their enemies. To become their footstool. Wherever they go. God will cause the kings to yield to them. Whatever you want, I will do it. That's what the king did. You know why? Because what she wanted was what God wanted. If your desires conform to the desires of God, wherever you go, God will open doors for you because it's for his glory. Whatever you do, God will stand with it because it's for his glory because you're faithful i want to close with the scripture because he has set his love upon me therefore i will deliver him i'll rescue him and honor him with long life i'll satisfy him and show him my salvation why There's a clause there. Because he set his love upon me. What does it mean? What does it mean? Because he's obeying me in all things. Not just mushy thing, I love you, Jesus. And do the opposite. No. These are not the people who say, Lord, 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 Lord. And do works of unrighteousness. These are people who truly love him with all their hearts, mind, soul, and strength. And God says, because you've set your love upon me. Therefore, these are the things I'll do for you. And honor is one of that. And it just goes right along with the scripture. The fear of the Lord brings riches, honor, and life. Shall we pray? Thank you, Father. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you for your presence that is here in our midst. Thank you for your glorious word that you've given to us in this month of October, on the first day of this new month. Father, this is God's time. The judges of at the door. This is a time where God is executing his righteousness, and we praise you for that. And thank you for every blessing that you held back because you want to give it to us at a better time. And we are here, Lord. And we say, let thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. In our lives, O Father. And in this month of October, pray. Let your perfect will be done. In our lives. On earth as it is in heaven. Let no one be hasty, Father. Let no one be hasty. Let no one. Get into the pressures that are around them. Let no one act like Penina. Retaliate evil for evil. But may they be like Hannah. Be people of faith. Hallelujah. May they be like Esther. A woman of virtue. A woman of God. Who stood before the King of Kings. And the Lord of Lords. Thank you for speaking to us today. From the lives of these three godly people. In addition to many of the people of God. That you brought in Father. Oh Father. We thank you. Whose three main characters that you highlighted today, first to see and copy, to learn and to live like them. Thank you, Lord, for Hannah's life. What a woman of God. What a woman of God she was. And to this day, though dead, she still speaks. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for her faith. Thank you for her life. Thank you, Father, for your hand that was upon her life. That is a blessing to us even to this day. Thank you, Father, for closing her womb. And thank you, Lord, for her life, for the suffering that she went through, so that we can see the life of God through Prophet Samuel. And through Hannah as well. Thank you Lord for the life of Mordecai. And for the life of Esther. Thank you Jesus. Thank you for these great saints of God. Who had great character. Hallelujah. People who never turned to the right or to the left. People who will not bow down to the spirit of Haman. Hallelujah. People who resisted evil with all their mights. Hallelujah. People who went before the living God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for these people of God who resisted evil with all their might. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that you'll transform every single person here. Oh, Lord. To be people of God. Who will not bow down to the spirit of this world. Who will not bow down to fear. Who will not bow down to anxiety. Who will not bow down to any empty threat from Satan. May they not bow down to any pressure from anyone. May they not do evil or be partakers of evil. By bowing down to anything that is from Satan. In this month of October, I ask you, Lord, that you bless your people. That they may have the character to be true to God Almighty. That they will use their bodies, their minds, their souls to please you and you alone. That they will not misuse any part of their being, Oh God, in the name of Jesus. That they may not give room to any demonic spirit to latch on to any part of their bodies. By yielding the members of their bodies to unrighteousness, may they not corrupt themselves and become habitations of demons. Oh, instead, may your people, Lord, yield the members of their bodies every day, minute by minute, O Father, to the living God, so that the Spirit of God may lay hold of every bit of their being, O God, that they too may have power with God. So when they stand before people, may you stand with them. As they stand with you. In this blessing I pronounce upon your people for this month of October and beyond. Let it rest on them. I pray may they be worthy to receive this, O oh God, this night. And I thank you for doing this. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless us and keep us. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon us and bless us with His peace. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit rest and remain with us all now and until we see Jesus face to face. Amen. Amen.